Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It's the one and only V, the Gorilla Economist, coming to you live. And, guys, I have a guy here that needs no introduction. It's none other than Dr. Jim Willian. Folks, if you haven't done so already, I mean, I don't know what the heck you're waiting for. I mean, this world has gone nuts. It's gone crazy. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of tumult, chaos, a lot of back, back room deals, backdoor deals, you name it. Folks, here's the deal. You want to keep abreast of all of this. There's only one place and one place you need to go. That's the goldenjackass.com. Go to the goldenjackass.com. Sign up for Jim's hat trick letter. That is his subscription service to his newsletter that he laboriously works on day after day and releases it once a month. Check it out, folks. The hat trick letter. Jim gets together with his sources, some of the brightest minds that are out there, giving you the geostrategic, geosocial, geopolitical, geoeconomic play-by-play of what's happening in the world. He's been right, and he's been ahead of the time, uh, you know, ahead of the curve many, many, many times, folks. So without further ado, Dr. Jim Willie, welcome back. Oh, it's good to be back, V. You know, all those geo things that I cover, I, I, I don't cover too much geopedophilia and child sacrifice. I, that, uh, I leave for Trump to do the cleanup, and I am very happy to see that the indictments that have been sealed, like the 44,000 of them, right. you know, for people to understand the magnitude of this, the typical running total for past presidents has been about 1,500. Wow. We've got 40, over 40,000. We've got almost 30 times as many. And I was really happy to see some names come out. I've been saying to people, well, until I hear some names, until I see some arrests, until I see some elite doing perp walks, this doesn't mean a damn thing. And finally, we got Lady Bronfman uh, from the Seasons. Huge, huge name. Huge name. You know, I don't know for sure. Maybe you could back me up on this, but I think they own part of a sports franchise. I don't know which. And I think they own some uh, media corporation. And I don't know which. They're involved. They're very, very wealthy. And, you know... You, you got to pay close attention to the charges. I, I don't wish to talk about this much, but we've been warned by QAnon and various other things that before the midterm elections, before we go too far along in this current year, there are going to be some shocking stories, shocking re- revelations that perhaps half the American public will conclude or react, oh my gosh, I, 
I, yeah. I, I can't believe that. I, it's Jen. that bad? I can't believe that. It, it cannot be that ingrained across right. our upper level of society. It can't be. It can't be. And I'm expecting that from my sister, for example. Right. Jim, real quick, for the Seagrams, for people that don't know, you know, people people hear Seagrams, they think ginger ale. <laughs> no, whiskey. <laughs> yeah, they think whiskey or ginger ale or something like that. Seagrams owns Universal Studios. <laughs> okay. They're huge. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it's, it's a lot more than that. I think they're in the media. Yeah. Um, they also I own Vivendi, Universal. They own... Uh, 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 they own shares of Coca Cola. It, it go Comcast, NBC. Uh, it goes on and on and on. Okay, Comcast. There, there's some media there. Uh, they're all over the place. Anyway, uh, I'm not. I don't focus on that. But I, I always tell people pedophilia is just a nice word to put in the press for ritual child sacrifice, murders, and sex rings. Okay, they don't want to use those terms in the press. Okay, it's finally coming out. Uh, you know, it wasn't just Lady Bronfman. It, it was some uh, close friend or associate of hers. There are two women. And, and they're, they're charged with very serious crimes. They might be capital crimes. I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. They might, they might be responsible and be charged with 100 murders. These are serial killers involved. Jesus. Many of these stories have hundreds of murders involved. These are orphanage kids. These are kids without proper identification like birth certificates, like passports, and they're buried in unmarked graves. Okay, I wish not to discuss this further, okay? Totally fine, man. It's a dangerous topic. Let's touch it and move forward. Okay. Okay, let's move forward. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I'm ready to move forward. Let's do it, man. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> moving forward, Jim, you know, apart from the cleanup of these decrepit sycophants, uh, we have, this is the, 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 the new world, a new stage has reached after the Trump-Putin private meeting. Uh, your thoughts on that? Do you have uh, any feelers on, on, on what's Kind of, you know, what, 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 what is the uh, the pulse that some of these uh, power brokers are starting to get out of that meeting? <clears throat> Remember when Putin passed the football, the soccer football, and he claimed it had autographs on it, and he said, "Get this to Baron." Yes. Okay, Baron's Trump's son. This it's it's almost funny what's happening right in full view. I'm told that the soccer ball contained lots and lots of special, uh, what do they call them, flash drives, uh, and 160 terabytes of data. Okay. Wow. Now it, it pertained to Russia Gate, as they're calling it now. The you know the fake Russian dossier that uh, Brennan of the CIA and Obama of the White House conspired together, which is pure sedition. Okay, it relates yeah. to the Russia Gate. It relates to the Syrian war theater, probably with lots and lots of communiques with the ISIS leaders and the supply lines that the United States and Israel and Saudi Arabia are involved in. It involved a lot more than that. It involves perhaps some Iranian events. Mm. Okay, but here, here is an idea 
of the magnitude of 160 terabytes. To begin with, a small library, I mean like for a small university, a uh, very small university, a college that, that doesn't have, you know, six floors, but might have one and a half. Okay, that could hold all its contents in perhaps one terabyte, okay? This is 160 terabytes. It's enough for three, you know how photos, you know, if you're looking at your, your file manager and you're looking at a lot of files, okay, I got an Excel document, got a Word document, and it's yeah. got a good number of megabytes, but oh my gosh, I, I've got some some photos, and my gosh, they're, they're each almost one megabyte. Photos are very big and intensive in storage. 160 terabytes is enough to hold 320,000 photos. Mm, wow. And, and here's the mind boggle. I, I, I did a little homework, V. I, I, I wanted to get this right. Yeah. Because I knew terabyte was a lot, and I knew it was bigger than the New York City phone book, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to figure, okay, let me, let me just put this into perspective that people can swallow. 160 terabytes of sensitive information, most of which proving sedition, treason, and lots of other murder, war crimes, bribery, narcotic trafficking, and more in this 160 terabytes passed from Putin. And by the way, might have included, although it's not in the news, might have included some 9-11 high-level communications that the arrogant fascist didn't put under wraps, okay? Huge. Now, 160 terabytes is enough data to contain 5 billion people for recorded testimony for a full hour. Hmm. Okay, that to me puts it in perspective. The, the 320,000 photos. Okay, back to the content. Syria, Iran, Russiagate, and possibly 9-11. Wouldn't it be interesting if Russia has gathered lots of information that can be used against the cabal to strip them of the rest of their roots? I've been told... For the last three years, the middle-level cabal has pretty much been not not decimated. I mean, people don't understand the word decimated. The Romans used to say, okay, we got this village. We have some conspirators. They killed a couple soldiers. Let's decimate the village. It means pick one out of ten. It's Correct. Decimal. Pick one out of ten and execute them. They did it in their own army. Pick one out of ten from an incompetent battalion and, and stone them half to death and force them to run off in exile. That, uh, that's very commonly done. Okay. I, I think we're going to see some, some decimation uh, in, in the next, oh gosh, in the, I think it's going to happen before the midterm elections. Uh, we, we, have, we have so much going on. And, and Trump is, is, I think, going to bring about further eradication of the middle-level elites, which have suffered much more than decimation. That's one in ten. I'm hearing that one in three, or almost half of the middle-level cabal players. I mean, like the guys 
who would be hired by J.P. Morgan. Okay, J.P. Morgan, that's not middle level. That's, that's like the generals executing the actual plans, the battle orders. The middle level ones, they're the ones who set up the fake offshore companies. They're the right. ones who order the narco trafficking. They're the ones who take, take the narcotics packets, the heroin, and they deliver them to J.P. Morgan for use overnight as overnight temporary funds. Narcotics is being used this way. Okay, the middle level has been pretty much not wiped out, just cut in half. And and if they're not killed off, and I'm, I've heard that Triad was hired, the, the Hong Kong mafia. Right. If they weren't killed off, the, they flipped. Dozens of middle level elites have flipped. How do you suppose they got the goods on Lady Bronfman? Maybe it was someone that she knew. Maybe someone that she still talks to who flipped and maybe doesn't even live in the United States. Could be some London buddy of hers she likes drinking tea with. Okay, the point is that this thing is well along. And now, I, I was told a year ago, once you start seeing the names in the public, it will mean that Trump is well along in cleaning things up. And, and we're starting to see the unsealed indictments. We have names like, uh, like Tom Hanks being smeared. Uh, we yes. have names like Robert De Niro being smeared. Kevin Spacey has already been smeared. I got a little guideline for people to look at. Look at past Oscar winners. This is how the, the elite are rewarding their own. Okay, you had Ben Affleck receiving an Oscar for his directing role in Argo, the movie of the CIA folks escaping Iran? Are you kidding me? Okay, take a look at the photos of Ben Affleck's back when he's at the beach enjoying himself and you see the phoenix that's on The Economist magazine. Take a look at George Clooney, whose father is a Pentagon guy, a general. Clooney won an Oscar for Syriana. Yeah. Dumb shit movie many years ago about legitimizing aerial missile strikes to kill Arab royals, for God's sake. This is just crazy stuff. Kevin Spacey, two Academy Awards for uh, Usual Suspects and American Beauty. Usual Suspects was about a terrorist guy named Kaiser Soze. Okay, American Beauty was about Kevin Spacey giving up his his marriage and family in order to pursue this 17-year-old girl in high school. Okay, again, legitimizing pedophilia. Kevin Spacey is, is actually not a, a totally bad guy. He was trying to get involved in a TV show called White House Papers to expose the Clinton Foundation corruption. And it got pulled off the air after something like two or three series. Okay, the point is that Kevin Spacey got Oscars because he's involved with the Hollywood shit. Correct. Clooney got it because Clooney got it because his father's involved in Pentagram. 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 I, I so <laughs> might as well be Pentagram. <laughs> I said I, I, it's funny. I, I, I interchange pentagram and pentagon, and if you use pentagram too much as a word, you get confused when you want to say pentagon. 
<clears throat> in Spanish is pentagonal. Um, okay. Um, th there, there was one other, gosh, I can't remember what it was, but uh, uh, it, it, the Hollywood crowd is using their awards. Oh, yeah. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty. It got nominated for Best oh, Film. Yeah. And it was about the propaganda behind the whole fake story of hunting down Osama bin Laden, which my Pakistan buddy, who worked with me on projects in 2003, told me later, okay, Jim, you need to know something. O Osama died in 05. I'm Pakistani. Would you like to see the Karachi newspaper in the Urdu language that has his funeral. <laughs> no, that's not true, Jim. They gave him a proper Muslim burial at sea. <laughs> Which is totally against Islam. Okay, you know, th this buddy of mine, his name was Ahmad, and Ahmad does not give him away because there are probably something like 200 million Ahmads. Um, right. This guy was a fine analyst a good buddy. I had lunch with him a dozen times. Good English. Got a master's in the United States in in business and a you know a strong background in database stuff. He was a database software guy, and and he was my go-to guy to get the data and and integrate it in with my statistical analyses on a on a medical pharmaceutical project. Sharp guy. And he said, Jim, it's just common knowledge in Pakistan that Osama died of of kidney failure. Everybody knows it. They laugh at the West for the stupidity that's constantly swallowed. That's very true. Bin Laden suffered heavily from Marfan uh, uh, disease, and you don't you don't live long on that. Period. Well, you certainly don't live in an Afghan cave <laughs> that doesn't have broadband internet or dialysis machines. Correct. Okay, so you know we're fed stupidity constantly and I, i'm just amazed so many people that i talk to from the u.s believe it and, and they're going to be the ones who say i can't believe this i can't believe i can't okay let them just go through like a three-month transition period of of absorbing shocking information it's not my problem anyway so i got off the track a little bit there um I don't even remember your original question, but I, I got off on. No, uh, we, we were talking about uh, Trump, Putin, and the way it moved forward. And the, oh the yeah. Way yeah. Okay, I think that team. soccer ball contained twenty or thirty flash disk drives, flash drives inside the ball. Okay. Now, if he was really clever, he might have even put them taped outside the ball, just for an in-your-face fu. But Trump is now in possession of a lot of information, data, communiques, cables, emails, you name it, signed documents, directed orders that relate to the fabrication by Obama and Brennan. And I, I've been saying this, V, for close to a year. I think the cabal is going to give up two people. They're going to say, go ahead, take them, arrest them, execute them, exile them, kill them or replace them with doubles, whatever you want to do, we are going to offer you on a plate two people, and they are Obama and Hillary. Wow. That is my call. And we don't even know if Hillary has been replaced. We don't know. 
Well, uh, did you see the latest photo of her? She <laughs> she was in New York for uh, for an event, and uh, she had the medical alert band around her uh, her neck. Did you see that? No, I I didn't see it, but you know you could easily call it a medical alert, but you could also call it a house arrest device. It, it, you know what? You're absolutely right. It could be a house arrest device as well. I mean, it moved from uh, her foot to maybe around her neck. Yeah, well, maybe she got you know bruises on her ankles to such an extent after so many months uh, for this device that they moved it to a bracelet around her neck, which they might later combine with a noose at the gallows. Okay, now here, here's my reasoning for Obama. Obama's not an American. Obama's not white. Obama's not Christian. Obama did not attend a U.S. university. Well, maybe he did as a student, uh, what do you call it, a foreign student at Pepperdine. Uh, Obama does not have a proper social security number. He has three of them. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> my point <laughs> is he does not qualify in so many ways that identify us as Americans. He doesn't have a U.S. passport. He doesn't have a lot of you, a lot of things. Okay, he is going to be easy to offer up. He's not one of us. Hillary would be offered up for a different reason and a very nasty reason. Because of her carelessness, stupidity, and arrogance, she violated very important rules from the cabal that say, never let us be exposed. He, she exposed. Now, Bill is, did the same thing. They had kind of an in-your-face Clinton Foundation fraud racketeering going on. And, and it's pretty hard to say, you know, you, you couldn't keep that under wraps. Well, you, of course you can't. It's got something like 90 cents, 96 cents on the dollar going to their pockets and four to five cents going to projects. Which, by the way, you might say, well, that's incredibly corrupt. Well, take a look at United Way. It's the same thing. Take a look at American Cancer Society. It's the same thing. 95% overhead. The fraud is everywhere. They yep. did not keep the Clinton Foundation under wraps. And I don't think it's going to be just the uranium deals with Russia. It's going to be far, far more than that. So... Here's what I think they're going to do. The cabal is going to say, we're going to offer you up Obama for the narcotics, and we're going to offer up Hillary for the Clinton Foundation, and we want you to call off your dogs. We want a third of those sealed indictments, like 10 to 15,000 of them, never to be opened. That's going to be the deal they will try to strike. That's what I think is going to happen. And I think Trump might go along with it for a while and then say, no, this gray area stuff, uh, we're not going to do it for 10,000. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it closed for 5,000, provided that they flip and provide more evidence. Or he will say, we were going to do it for 10 to 12,000, but they did not flip and cooperate. So they're going to the tribunals. I think we're going to see quite a few hangings without hearing about it. And what I'm curious to know is, what is the dollar figure going to be? Trump, if he's really smart politician to gain public support on all this, he would be very, very bright 
and in front of the crowd to have a counter, not for the U.S. government debt, but for the cabal seizures to reduce the government debt. Wouldn't it be interesting mm. to see in a year's time, we're up to $1.8 trillion of asset seizures from cabal criminality. And they don't need to use just the RICO law. Now, for those who aren't familiar with it, it's Racketeering Influencing Corruption Organization or something like that, RICO. It means that if you've got an established criminal organization and you're pumping out huge profits and buying property and buying stock and, and buying boats, yachts, and buying aircraft, all of them can be seized if it was proved that the purchasing came from illegal criminal profiteering. Now, all the all these assets, you, you mentioned a few from Lady Bronfman, yeah. Universal Studios, Coca-Cola. Wouldn't mm -hmm. it be interesting if all of her shares from Coca-Cola are seized? And, and maybe I'll just get them, throw out a number. And, and $480 million worth of stock was just forced into a secondary stock issuance to, to get rid of. And the money went to reduce the national debt by close to a, a billion dollars. Okay, add them all up. You got 44,000 cases like this. It could be that some of the people who flip will have to forfeit a portion of their asset base. They don't walk out of this thing clean. If someone, if someone is the owner of, say, $60 billion worth of assets, is, is indicted for these charges, is proved to be involved in multiple murders and sex rings, they don't walk away with $60 billion. They might walk away with 10 or 20 And they forfeit a majority of their wealth in return for, for going back to a luxurious life. They're not going to miss a dinner with $10 billion. Right, exactly. It's getting extraordinarily nasty, and we're we're at the point now where I think Trump is just about ready to initiate treason charges for at least three people, and and see where it goes. I didn't say convict; I said initiate. Start the process. Charge them. Get the discovery phase, get the evidence on the table, force them to flip, cut deals. I don't think Brennan or Obama will receive the opportunity of reduced charges and flipping. I think they're going to be made examples of. If Trump wants to bring Langley under heel, one good way is to work on Brennan. Agreed wholeheartedly. I think... Um Brennan and Obama comes out of the you know they, they go into this thing they get they get pinched that is going to be huge that will send shockwaves throughout the entire world it will be tremendous I uh, you you use the word pinch I use the image meat grinder <laughs> I think Even their better. careers are not just over their freedom might be over this is extraordinarily important and you know when when you think of I, I like comparing to, to things like uh, charges like Nixon and obstruction of justice for, for uh, you know, getting in the way of in, in investigations of the plumbers and 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 deleting uh, tapes, which was uh, you know, 
critical evidence in, in the impeachment trials and all that. Okay, the obstruction of justice for Trump, I mean, for, for Nixon, Nixon's charges in Watergate and related proceedings thereafter, in my opinion, are 100 times smaller than what we're seeing with Russiagate. We're talking about open treason and and we just don't know what else was behind it like say bribery of news officials like maybe extortion for their uh, drug and sex escapades on video we don't know so there might be a great deal of bribery extortion and racketeering involved behind the treason this is just a hundred times bigger. Some people say a thousand. Well, fine. Maybe it's, maybe it's 20. I don't know. It, it's a much, much bigger issue. And, and you're probably going to hear the word sedition uh, a lot because sedition is like a, uh, let me make a comparison. You've got misdemeanor and felony. And misdemeanor is small. Felony is big. Misdemeanor, sometimes, you know, you get a, a big fine and you got to do community service. But for a felony, you go to jail. Okay, kind of simpli- simplifying it. Sedition is a minor version of treason. If you hit somebody for treason and they hang. They're dead. Okay? You hit somebody for sedition and they might see some jail time, heavy fine, never work for the government again and uh, their, their life is ruined, but they're still above ground. Okay, that's the kind of distinction I'm seeing now. We're gonna hear the word sedition a lot because they just don't wanna use the word treason. Got it's it. kind of like pedophilia because they just don't wanna use the words child murder, sacrifice, ritual, satanic killing. This is going to get nasty. I don't see it's going to go away. Every couple weeks, I'm convinced with something new that comes that, that emerges that th- this is really going to happen. This is not just going to happen with one or two. This is going to happen with four or five or six. Now you got the names of Strzok, Mueller, and and uh, Brennan. They're all mentioned the same time for serious sedition. And treason. Yeah, absolutely. It's gotten so ugly and weird, V, that any attempts to promote peace or to negotiate with Russia is considered treason by the traitors. (laughs) It's like a bunch of kids who used to play the game Who Farted. It's usually the guy who farted who's, who's saying who farted. That's exactly what's going on with these morons. It's crazy. Well, Shakespeare put it she said, "Methinks thou dost protest too much." Okay, <laughs> so the ones who are doing the protestations of Trump right now—they're the dirtiest of all. Absolutely. And I haven't heard anything more. It's only from from Ben Fulford. This is a—I uh, think it was—it was out in the June, well, some June weekly yeah. uh, report of his. But he said that Time Warner has a, a new acquisition. And it's coming down the line. It's AT and T. Yes, and AT and T is is uh, the process of acquiring. Uh, um, uh, who the hell they're acquiring? T- 
Time Warner. That's right. That's right. Yes. That's it. And Time yeah. Warner owns CNN. So Correct. we're likely to see a change in the tune for CNN once this thing goes through. But until then, it's just constant BS. Constant. It's horrible. You know, it's so bad. And I, I, I said a year ago, I said a year and a half ago, I, I'm, I'm on record frequently doing this. Trump should pull the FCC license for these organizations that do not issue news when it's all politically slanted, politically conspired. And, and you know, what's the word? It's conspired, slanted and geared toward treason. Let's get playing. It is. It, 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 I mean, the media, the mainstream media here in this country is, is, is engaged in full-on sedition. There's no doubt about it. They're, they're, they're literally frothing at the mouth. They're lunatics. They, Trump should threaten to pull the FCC license. And I said, if he doesn't do that, he should force acquisition. Well, it looks like he did plan B. Ah, well played. Forced acquisition. And you don't you don't say well AT and T oh it's it's okay we know that you're one of them too oh no 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 it's on condition that they fix it. I want Washington Post to have Bezos of Amazon stripped. Make make it part of Rico. Yeah, yeah, Discontinue the Langley. Uh, what's the word? Cloud storage contract with Amazon. Discontinue it. See if Amazon survives. I've heard, I did a, a story, I think it was in my, my June report for the Hattrick Letter. Amazon, if you strip out the cloud storage, they don't have any profit. None. They're done. They, their entire backbone of their existence is built off their AWS web service, their, the web service and their cloud service. That's it. That's how they survive. It's on the surface. They make no money on their stupid online stores. They make no money on any merchandise they sell. It's it's worse than Tesla. Okay, and, and furthermore, their cloud storage employs predatory pricing. They get this juicy under the table contract for cloud storage from Langley, and they use it to undercut in price. And I believe it's below their actual costs for er eradicating their competition in cloud storage. So take away the Langley contract, and you probably see that. Uh, the price increase across the board for cloud storage and services and whatever at Amazon will increase like like double. Oh, absolutely. And suddenly they got competition. Yeah. And then they're exposed on the no profit on the retail line. Exactly. It's not just them. It's lots and lots of things like that. Okay. Bezos <coughs> is the um, the owner of or at least controlling shareholder of Washington Post. Then move on to the New York Times. I don't know who their owners are. I Carlos think Slim. Carlos Slim? Yeah, uh, Mexico. Oh, my God. I thought it was like a group of like eight very wealthy board members. No, Slim owns the majority of uh, New York Times, if I'm not mistaken. It's Slim. And so that's maybe how he gets a pass on other things that he does. Yep. Okay, so anyway, uh, also, it looks Jim, like real quick on, on, on cloud storage and Amazon. Most people don't know this, but Amazon's cloud storage is so huge and undercuts the competition so much, just like you said, that freaking Google utilizes Amazon for cloud storage. Wow, interesting. I got something kind of weird happening in just the last two weeks. I'm getting a barrage of spam. Hmm. I used to get three items per week. 
now I'm getting 80 to 100 per day. Wow. What does that mean? I don't know. I could speculate. I just let's move on to some other meaty topics, okay? Let's do it. So we got the the trade wars. <laughs> Everybody's freaking about the trade wars. We could also talk about the latest U.S. GDP numbers, uh, the, the the fictional accounts uh, regarding to that. Where do you want to begin? Okay, I have a general comment, and and it's like a billboard marquee. Uh, title. I've been saying that ever since 9-11, every single U.S. government foreign policy initiative has been a failure. Agreed. I can't find a single success story. Can you? No, not a single one. Not a single one. And, and that is a long list. Okay. So we, we had the Iran sanctions back in 2008. They did the workaround with oil sales to India paid right. for by Turkish gold. Okay, it's called the gold for oil triangle involving Turkey. Okay, that didn't work out very well. Now we got new sanctions. We got we have sanctions against uh, Russia and Germany did workarounds by several big corporations setting up subsidiaries inside Russia so that the output is from Russia sold to Russia. Okay, that didn't work out. We got the new sanctions against Iran and they're not working out because Russia is buying their oil. Since when does the number one producer of oil buy oil from other countries? I'll tell you why and I'll tell you for, for how they're doing it. They're buying, Russia's buying Venezuelan oil. They're thinking about buying Mexican oil. They're buying Saudi oil and they're buying Iranian oil. So they manage the mixing process, manage the contamination process and sell it outside the dollar realm. Very simple. Manage the viscosity, manage the sulfur contamination and sell it outside the dollar. And to Iran, it's like a giant favor. We're going to give you a bunch of cash because you're cash starved due to the sanctions. Now, turn to China. What does China do to help Iran in the workaround? They're setting up these gigantic import-export bank credit lines for barter. And Iran is going to set the paradigm. They're going to create the model. They're going to create the example that is used across the Eurasian trade zone for barter. Barter is the exchange of goods and services without much cash changing hands. Think of it as a, you know, a year long deal where after the year, there might be an account that's you know, net positive towards say Russia versus Iran and they, they settle it with gold or they settle it with an extra shipment of natural gas, like a, an LNG vessel or whatever. They settle it after a year from the barter exchange of goods and services without cash for 12 months. Okay, there's no foreign policy success story since 9-11. We're talking about a lot of years. We're talking about 17 years since the fascist takeover of the US government. You know, you can look at Saudi, the US relations with Saudi. We had a, a just a 
perverse uh, orchestrated event uh, a year ago with Trump announcing wonderful new trade agreements and arms deals with Saudi and there wasn't a single legitimate element in it. Everything in it was from the Obama administration. Instead, I'm, I came to learn that there was a glass, I can't remember, like an orb, some glass object that uh, Trump handed to Prince Salman. And it was a symbol because the AWACS monitoring at, you know, at, in the atmosphere, uh, you know, the the uh, the big planes with the, with a, a huge disc on top of it uh, that that never land. They just go round and round and round. They're for monitoring activity, like enemy aircraft, enemy missiles, things like that. And they do uh, communications intercepts. The glass object was a symbol to tell the Saudis project something. Let's just call it Fireglass. The, the name of the project, I can't remember. I'm, I'm not, just not a military type. The name of the project had the word glass in it. And the glass object passed from Trump to Prince Salman was to tell him, we're going to still do your monitoring and protection. That's all the trip was about. Not a single legitimate arms deal new. Not one. Nothing new. No trade deal, no big reconstruction of, uh, uh, of some plants in, uh, for fabrication inside Saudi. No, it was all fake military deal and a passing of a glass object. That's all it was. And, and they probably had a, you know, a lot of figs and grapes, too, at the table. I mean, it's just sickening what's going on. We now have some very new information here. I just got this in the past week. Euroraj passed it on, but the U.S. Congress just cut off military, um, I think it's fuel support for the Saudi Air Force. I might have some details wrong on this. I'm going to try to get this right and maybe include it in a public article. But the air support by the United States military for the Saudis in their Yemen war has been cut off. Okay, so I'm expecting there are going to be far fewer Saudi aircraft bombing hospitals, residents, and marketplaces in the Yemen economy, calling them anti-terrorist activity. Furthermore, the Houthis just commandeered <coughs> a Saudi oil tanker near the... Uh, I can't remember the name of the straits, but it, it, it's by Djibouti. Okay, Djibouti has, on the African side, a Chinese military base. And on the other side, in Yemen, there's a port facility that the uh, Saudis and the UAE, with their Australian mercenaries, are attempting to control. Now, this is very big. Uh, the Houthis just threatened... Dubai and Abu Dhabi, remember I said Saudis and UAE are involved in this war. Uh, they're both getting bankrupted by it, in addition to the falling oil price. Okay, the Houthis just threatened Dubai and Adu, Adu, Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi, the two largest city-states in UAE, with missile attacks. 
They just commandeered a Saudi oil tanker. And the Saudis announced, we're not going to send any more oil shipments through the straits to the Suez Canal, implying no more European delivers that way. This is very big news. If you're looking for a choke point for the Saudi economy, look no further than the Suez Canal. How are the Saudis going to maintain European shipments? Are they going to send them around Cape Horn and Africa? I don't think so. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. They don't have their pipeline going through Syria because there was an Iranian alternative called the Iranian gas pipeline that the US and Europe tried to block and succeeded in blocking so far with the Syrian war, which is another dirty war. Most of these wars are to stop changes in the energy supply routes and changes in the dollar-based payment systems. You can look at almost any war and, and it has these two factors in it. In other words, all US-based wars, US-sponsored wars, have defense of the dollar involved, which was my 2005 forecast. In the end stage of the king dollar realm, look for military to support the dollar because commerce can't anymore. Correct. Okay, we're losing every single trade battle. And look at some specifics. I didn't mention China. China's worth mentioning. This ZTE uh, is mentioned, the, the, the super chip company. It's yeah. mentioned by US, tra US media, Z, uh, V. It's mentioned by the US media as being a success story. It's not. Because China has its own Huawei and they have the Korean Samsung as replacement supply chain. Oh, absolutely. So they didn't lose anything. The U.S. press says they lost something. So we can pound our chests that doesn't have any muscle on it anymore and say we, we got them on that. No, we didn't. ZTE is not a success story. Okay, now turn to the, uh, the soybean deal. Okay, well, that got wrecked and the Chinese turned to Brazil to replace that order turned to a wheat deal that got wrecked and China turned to gosh I, I can't remember who who it was so, Russia oh right 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 Russia do, do Americans realize the number one agricultural exporter in the world now is Russia no nope. they don't they think the United States still is where we import over 50% of our food now that was not true in the 80s in the 90s, it started to change. In the 2000 decade, we went negative. We now import more than export. So we're vulnerable to currency crisis when it finally hits. Okay, I just read of a, another case with respect to China. Uh, I, I'm struggling to remember that. I didn't put it down in, in the notes, but uh, China, oh God, oh yeah, yeah. They have a very large agricultural exporter, export company, uh, and they're going bankrupt. So they are getting some damage. This is not, um, you know, oh, it's easily replaced, no problem. One um, of the side effects on the US side is that 
agricultural farm silo warehouse storage facilities are filled to the brim with soybeans and they're rotting. We cannot find customers to buy our soybean. At the same time, China is exposing the GMO element to U.S. agricultural exports. We're not talking here about bacteria. We're not talking here about you know other organisms uh, in, involved in rot of food. Uh, we're not talking about oh gosh what was it um, fungus. We're not talking about fungus in the wheat. We're talking about GMO element. A Canadian shipment to Canada uh, to China was interrupted and canceled because it had GMO element in it. That was not properly disclosed. Okay, so we're losing the trade war and we're being exposed for GMO while we're pounding our chest with false stories about damage done in China, but there is some minor damage done in China, just not with ZTE. What ZTE exposed V was a whole new side to the trade war that I was not very aware of until about three years ago. It's a super chip battle. The United States has a very strong presence. We have a lead. It's not an insurmountable lead. It's not a tremendously dominant lead. But we've got a lead in the super chip battle. Think of it as a chip. Uh, what is a super chip? Okay, I've, I come from Digital Equipment Corporation. Uh, I was a, a statistical analyst in quality control. I was in another another analyst role uh, in marketing research, and then I left, or they asked me to leave. <laughs> they, you know, I, I couldn't survive after five waves of 10,000 people laid off. I, I didn't make it. So I went on, I joined Staples. Okay, but w what's the deal? What is a super chip? Well, here's one type. This, this type of super chip is actually a chip that contains multiple chips. Okay, if you look at it, if you pull out the backside of a personal computer, you see a motherboard. And on the board, you see little boards that are kind of jammed into slots. So you've got other boards within your motherboard. Okay, that's a good tangible image to keep in mind. I, I remember doing, a, 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 this is way back, you know, I'm, t I'm dating myself a bit, but back in 2000, no, 1993, I bought myself a, a, a nice PC, and then I bought myself a fax, a fax board, and I installed it myself, like 25 steps, and some of them weren't real simple. No soldering, but I had to insert a board, a small board. It was like two inches by four inches. I had to insert it in the motherboard. Okay, fine. The motherboard has many boards. A super chip has many chips. A super chip is like a grand chip that contains numerous chips with embedded software. And in, by that, I mean software that enables one chip to communicate with the other chip. And there might be 20 chips involved. Okay, so they're smart chips. Okay, uh, when the one airliner went down about three years ago, uh, there was a big super chip controversy. And it was accused of Rothschild of downing the aircraft in order to kill or capture 
the engineering staff of Freescale. Okay, so this is big stuff. Superchips are big stuff. What did Freescale have that Rothschild acquired? And by the way, Rothschild bought the Freescale stock in a no-bid contract for something like $13 billion. What did Freescale have? The best super chip out there for preventing hacking. Hacking prevention, that's what it was. Okay. This news might come out in the next year or so because things are really changing in the Pacific Rim in Indonesia and Malaysia where the cabal has lost control. Okay, so these super chips, they're involved in missile control. They're involved in, in guidance systems. They're involved in drone technology. They're involved in communications intercept technology. They're involved in lots and lots of things. My understanding is the next Cold War, if you will, will not be fought with guns and missiles and bombs. It'll be fought with super chips. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Jim, you remember about three years ago, you, you spoke about this, I spoke about this as well. You remember the quote-unquote chemical explosion in uh, Tianjin, China, uh, where you had that shipping port, we had the major Volkswagen plant over there uh, that was eviscerated, it looked like a, uh, I mean, I talked to some of my Intel guys, they're like, that thing was like a seven megaton uh, explosion going off. It was ridiculous that uh, they claimed to be um, uh, a chemical explosion. And what was damaged in that process was uh, what was housed in that port area was the Tianhe-1, which is uh, one of the three fastest supercomputers on the planet, uh, which is owned by China. And shortly after that destruction of Tianhe-1 and the fiber optic cables that run into that, that supercomputer, which, again, that supercomputer is linked up to their um, you know, economic... Yeah. Exactly. And then right after that, uh, the following week, another quote-unquote chemical explosion, uh, and this one is in Guangzhou, uh, where it, the Tianhe-2, the, 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 the predecessor to the, to the uh, I'm sorry, the Tianhe-1, the predecessor to the Tianhe-2, was also uh, taken offline. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt that, that the, the cabal is doing what they can uh, back then, and even today, to prevent the rise of China and their advancements and, and the rapidity of how fast they're moving, not only with these superchips, also with the quantum satellites. It's quite remarkable. Yes, uh, I, was, I was writing down the word quantum as you were just about to say the word quantum. Great the, minds think alike, sir. And in the supercomputer battles, V, um, I'm reading that the leading nation is now China. I agree. And, and you can set them back but that does not remove their technology that they know. What it sets them back on is their implementation of the technology. And if we knock, knock down, not out, but knock down two facilities, it does nothing for the other 18. So right. it means that the emphasis went to the other 18 or other eight, I don't know. Now, I got some, it's not exactly insider scoop, but, uh, I got some information on Tianjin, and it came from uh, one of my hat-trick letter uh, clients. And I don't want to reveal too much about the person for his identity, but he described to me in a paragraph his business connections. Let's just leave it at that. 
for the last 10 years in that corner of China. And he said, it, it's like five or six different companies and, and here are their types. I don't want to mention them. And he said, in the process of the last 10 years, I, I've made a lot of connections. I've met a lot of people and I've learned a lot of things. He said, this was an attack, not just on the supercomputers, but on Volkswagen. Volkswagen developed a 200 mile per gallon carburetor with water mixture turbocharged. Yep, and, absolutely. And, and to make sure that this German giant, this is like a, a German uh, common household opportunity for buying a car, okay? Volkswagen still is kind of a people's car. Uh, Volkswagen means people's car. Um, he said they followed it up with the emissions charges, emission charge. violation charges against Volkswagen and the unbelievable $9 billion fine, Yep. which was like a hundred times larger than a General Motors fine, which, which was, actually killed people. Which the general actually killed people, exactly. 134 people died in General Motors, nothing. You're taking the words right out of my mouth. That, that, this, is, this is fun. Okay, so, in other words, the VW case was contrived. They tried to stop VW for its carburetor and look for, <laughs> look for their new carburetor to show up in, in Russia. Russia. <laughs> okay, and it's not going to be a, a Russian label that gets exported. It might be a Russian-made car that gets exported by a German company to Eastern Europe, just for starters. Lada is making a comeback. Okay, no, no, no. It is going to be like it's going to be a, a, a scaled-down version of a Mercedes. Oh, that's going to be great. Or an Audi or a yeah. BMW. Okay, or a VW. It could be a VW Volkswagen shipped to the Czech, Czech Republic. Check the. Shipped to Slovenia, shipped to Serbia or Bulgaria. And my gosh, these cars in Hungary are getting 200 miles per gallon. What's going on here? Well, the U.S. just couldn't stop it. Okay, I got a really juicy piece to add to the story that this guy who used Contact Us on Golden Jackass provided me for. This information is juicy. It was not... Uh, it was not an explosion of natural gas. That's the common story. They, they say that a welder created a spark and, and was welding on an active natural gas line. Okay, that's the bullshit story. And, and, and I like how they do that. They always want to paint the Chinese as a, as a bunch of idiots. <laughs> right, right. Well, they, they're the victim of sabotage. And I want, don't want to get into the perpetrator. I just want to leave that alone. But here's what it really was. Okay. He said <clears throat> this was either. The, the, he, how do you put it? He said, if you look at the scale of the damage and the explosion, it was of the force of a small nuclear event. Correct. Okay. Seven said, megatons. If you look at the history, and he said, I know the history of this area. The Chinese committed a dumb move. They made a mistake. They decided to have a regional warehouse for fertilizer. 
they had 8,000 tons of fertilizer in a group of tightly packed warehouses. And it all went up. Think of it as something like 10,000 times as large as what happened in Oklahoma City. Yeah, or even, yeah, or even Texas. It made a giant crater something like a quarter mile deep. We're talking about a very, very deep hole, almost a thousand feet deep. I've seen pictures. It's horrific. The Chinese preferred to go with the bullshit Western story of a welder accidentally triggering a spark on a gas line because they were too embarrassed to admit that they had a regional warehouse with a localized 8,000 tons of fertilizer. That's pretty darned interesting. Now, in the meantime, 3,000 VW cars were wrecked and were not sold. And, and lots of studies uh, have been done on the type of damage to the cars. Is this typical nuclear radiation type damage? Like, you know, messing up the rubber tires, but not messing up the metal. You know, lots of weird contrasting elements to the analysis. And my guy in Tianjin said, Jim, this is all very typical of the flash from a fertilizer explosion. And you're just not going to see it. So there are a lot of elements. This had to do with uh, preserving the Rockefeller uh, petroleum empire and monopoly with the carburetor system. I'm not an expert in this, but I'd be willing to guess that the Rockefellers have bought up a hundred advanced carburetors to make sure they never hit the market. Yep. Couldn't, couldn't stop VW, couldn't stop Germany, so they blew it up in Tianjin. And I got, after I put out my little theories, I got this message from the guy and he followed it up with more messages. He said, just so you understand the legitimacy of my claim, I'm going to send you a page of information about my background and the nature of this explosion. And very convincing. So maybe maybe it had <clears throat> some, and there was a cyanide uh, side to this too, uh, and uh, cyanide factor, because in the explosion, not only did they have fertilizer, very nearby there was a cyanide warehouse. So I think the U.S. blew it up. Yeah, I, I have no doubt about it. I mean, the, the, as soon as this happened, and then the following week, and another in Guangzhou, same incident, same computer. Then a, 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 a two weeks after that, another incident with another computer that. Yeah, these were all near these Chinese supercomputer facilities. It was a little too close for comfort. The pattern is, there's no way. There's no way. Lightning strikes twice in the same type of thing every single time. And then on top of that, you know, that's when we started getting leaks of this uh, weapon system called the Rod of God. You've heard about that? Well, it's a kinetic weapon of tungsten that's, that's shot down from outer space and has the same effect as a nuclear bomb, but without the, new, the radiation. Okay, you know, I have this this general opinion. I do come from the computer background, computer technology background. I'm pretty sure that in two or four months, two, three or four months, 
that supercomputer facility is right back online. Uh, absolutely. <clears throat> now, absolutely. maybe a computer was damaged, but uh, by the way, this, compu this, this quantum computer mm -hmm. uh, type, it is extremely advanced. It is so advanced. I, I've been given some examples of, of what it's all about and what it can do. Suppose I wish <clears throat> to examine, like even on my own computer, or say in a larger scale Library of Congress, I want to search for the following seven words used together. Okay, something not simple. It's not like you know searching for the word terrorism. It's seven words used together in a in a tightly nested area like seven words in, in a paragraph of 200, okay? A, a, t a difficult task, okay? If you use a conventional computer, you got to do sequential searches. Search this, then search that, then search that, then search that. Very time consuming. If you're using a quantum computer, you can send out a thousand search engines at the same time to complete the task. As a result, not as a result, uh, in order to coincide with this advanced type of computing technology, it needs a different kind of software. You can't use your standard, you know, Fortran and, and, and modular computing stuff. That's old school. The entire programming for quantum computing is different. The entire search methods are different. This is very, very advanced. And if you're th thinking about, you know, what kind of speeds can you achieve, just think of it as a thousand times what you used to have. But in order to pull it off, you need a small army of outstanding computer technicians for the engineering and software technicians to run this thing. This is very, very advanced. And the United States is not winning this. The Chinese are. And one of the areas that the Chinese are slated to put to use for this technology is blockchain verification. We've been getting stories, for instance, that uh, my gosh, all the different uh, verification for blockchain uh, last year consumed the more energy electricity than the entire economy of Denmark. Okay, that may be true, but if you employ different technology, it might not be true. You might be getting some quantum verification that's so much less, like a thousand times less. And then instead of the entire economy for electricity usage of Denmark, it's the entire city of Trenton, New Jersey. <clears throat> okay. wow. So changes are coming. The, the, the battle, okay, we got, off, we got off tangents, but that's okay. The point is the next big battles are going to be over superchips, not just for military, but for uh, communication security, for finance blockchain verification, and for a whole lot more.
I'm, I'm just really looking forward to seeing what comes out of Russia in the way of German technology. I made a forecast that many people called stupid. Again, I, I love it. it. It's like a the Jelinek curve that I suffer uh, for those who understand the uh, adoption um the adoption curve, the adoption and acceptance curve, it's also a curve that, that's uh, mentioned in debt, uh, debt suffocation. It's also a curve that's mentioned in addiction, um, not treatment, but addiction uh, pathogenesis. But uh, I've got this this progression. I make a, 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 a forecast, like in, in 2014, I said in a matter of three or four years, you're going to see the Germans, in response to the, the Ukraine war and the Russian sanctions, the Germans are going to flip east. They're going to just say, we've had enough of your shit, Washington and London. We're not going to follow your way anymore. Okay? I got lots of emails saying, oh gosh, that's ridiculous. I even had a couple of very good German clients say, Jim, you don't understand the extent of, of the ruin that Langley and the U.S. government have done on the German high command, elite, uh, parliament, government, security apparatus. And I said, no, no, I understand that. I understand it well. I don't claim to know your country better than you do, but I do know a phenomenon called splitting. There's going to be a rising faction that the West under Langley control, decided not to control. And that is going to become like a group of silos. And those silos will be left alone and they will make connections with Russia and the East. In addition, you've already got the Chinese non-military number one import location being Germany. Exclude the missiles, exclude the tanks, exclude all military goods. The number one import nation for China is Germany. Okay, now add the response with all these new subsidiaries going into Germany, going into Russia from Germany to satisfy and avert, evade the, uh, the, the sanctions. And you've got more connections. So another failed U.S. government foreign policy initiative the Chinese have ramped up their, their German imports while Russia has ramped up their subsidiary uh, creation and they have a massive amount of German-made, German mark, German brand items sold in Russia. Okay, now you've got the Nord Stream. I worked my way up to the climax. The U.S. government, in its incredible stupidity, again, I, I think it's the... Uh, I think it's the dumbass side of Trump where he allows the, uh, the the Pentagon and Wall Street boys who got him in office, he allows them to get stupid and he'll repeat their stupidity in policy because it won't go anywhere. It'll backfire on them and it'll strengthen the white hat side of Trump. That's a very complex issue. There are two sides to Trump. One, he plays the Izzy side he plays the Pentagon side and he plays the Wall Street side and he lets them screw up. Very interesting, intriguing aspect. But when Trump went after the German Nord Stream 2 project, 
he made a big mistake, and I think he made it intentionally. I think he's trying to drive Germany into Russians' hands. He's trying to drive Germany to become an important Eurasian trade zone player. He's trying to drive Germany east, and it will not be difficult anymore because there are two types of companies that are involved in this Nord Stream 2, and they are the construction companies and the finance companies. They're working with Gazprom. It's a 1,200 kilometer, like a 780 mile undersea gas pipeline. I, I just checked before the interview, 48 inch diameter tubes, 5 billion cubic feet in output per year, and the United States is doing stupid shit again. They're trying to get Denmark to block it, okay? Well, there's a workaround, you idiots, just like with the Iranians and the Indian oil. There's always a workaround, you idiots. We just make one mistake after another on foreign policy. <clears throat> we said to the Germans, United States government, if you continue with Nord Stream, you're gonna face sanctions. And the Germans said, are you out of your minds? You're gonna sanction German companies? We will sanction American companies. So there's a standoff and nothing is getting done while we continue with our stupid shit on the sideline, trying to get Denmark to obstruct something that cannot be obstructed. Our foreign policy is all numbnut since 2001. Numbnut, dumb, stupid, counterproductive, and driving Germany. And by the way, if Germany decides, and they already have, take a look at what uh, Gabriel, it's kind of their vice chancellor in Germany. Take a look at what he's talking about. Take a look at what the parliament is talking about. It's all about how the Germans are going to increase their Russian connections with business. What they're saying is, F you, Brussels, and your European Commission. F you. I got news for you. Whatever Germany does, so will France. So we're going to lose the two big nations, the two big economies in Central Europe, to the Eurasian trade zone, piece by piece. It's not going to be one big jump and abandoning the Western market in North America. No, no not going to happen that way. No, no. The French are the pussies in this group. They backed out of the Iran uh, commercial deals because they have a leash around their necks pulled by Washington. They're the pussies in the group. By the way, the origin of the word pussy is not from a cat. It's from pusillanimous, meaning weak, need, spineless. Okay. The French are the wimps in this group. Their energy company, Total, backed out. So a different European company is going to get in there. Or the Chinese big giant petrochemical companies are going to step in. Nothing will be lost in Iran, but they surely are suffering price inflation, liquidity shortages, a lot of stress. A guarantee 
that Iran will be a principal player in the Eurasian trade zone. China and Russia will guarantee it. Okay, back to Germany. Germany has made numerous uh, gambits in recent weeks after the threats to Nord Stream to fortify their position. Furthermore, they went to the European Commission and filed a lawsuit saying, leave us the hell alone with our Nord Stream project, and they won in Brussels. <clears throat> Pardon me. So the United States forced the issue. The Brussels court regarding the EU Commission sided with Germany. It's full speed ahead. I'm told, based on my, my, my quick readings, that before the end of 2019, the Nord Stream 2 will be up and running, which doubles the production, doubles the flow rather. They don't produce it, they just move it. Doubles the flow, and it's a gigantic amount of natural gas to feed German industry. So look for a jump, a quantum jump in German industrial production that will supply the Eurasian trade zone, while at the same time they're winning Chinese favor and they're going to get some nice, juicy contracts that London does not get at Frankfurt in what I call the RMB Hub Center. It's going to be for currency exchange and bond issuance. Look for Fran look, look for Frankfurt rather. Look for Frankfurt to become a very important panda bond center for bond issuance in RMB currency. For example for Italian government debt or Spanish government debt or for Greek government debt or for any pig's government debt because they're basket cases. And they cannot sell their debt very easily without removing some currency risk because a lot of countries don't want to buy the Italian government debt for fear that it's going to get separated from the euro currency and have a big ass devaluation. So how do you get around that? You issue a panda bond that's issued in RMB currency that eliminates the currency risk for any Chinese investor. I think Frankfurt is going to win the RMB hub center battles with London. London, they better be careful. They don't produce jack shit. Their North Sea oil production is like 80% or more down from its peak. Talk about peak oil. Take a look at England. What do they produce? Well, they produce a lot of terrorism, but that doesn't figure in their GDP. They produce a lot of pedophilia, but that doesn't figure in their GDP. Oh, England better be careful. Brexit might have been a death warrant. They wanted independence, but they lost a lot. And I, I, I'm not, I just haven't figured out everything regarding Brexit. So I'm going to leave that alone. I have figured out Germany. My two German clients contacted me again and said something like, Jim, I, I think you're on the right track. It's just going to take a long time for Germany to flip east. And he said a lot, they, they both said the same thing, a lot of damage has been done. And it'll be very difficult to reverse 
the Langley roots in their communications, in their security, in their high-level politics. Langley's all, all over there. It's like we created the German vassal state as long as Langley could run it. They were free. Just like Japan, which is also flipping. It's funny. It's going to sound funny. Japan is flipping east. <laughs> Japan is flipping toward more integrated channels and connections with the Eurasian trade zone. Correct. And there's a backfire from the Rothschild-sponsored 311 Fukushima event. Yep. And that backfire is from the acute energy shortage for another industrial giant, another export trade giant in Japan, a shortage in energy. I'm talking about electrical energy. Just, just think about when a car is made, look at all the different welding points. Yes. Okay, yes. Simple example. All the different welding points. Well, how many kilowatt hours was used to make a car? I don't have the answer, but it's it's not a tiny amount. There's a lot of electricity in the fabrication process and a lot of electricity used in electronics making, electrostereos for televisions. There's a lot of electricity used in making a motorcycle. And they've got, you know, five of the top brands in the world. I see motorcycles here all the time in Costa Rica, all the time. They're mostly Japanese. I see little events in the middle of a, of a, of a floor in a mall, ground floor, 18 motorcycles. I go around. I don't care about the motorcycle. I'm not going to put my skinny little ass on top of a motorcycle and put my life at risk because there are lots of one-legged men here. I have <laughs> questions. I ask questions from the, the accidents. Oh, gosh. I, I know one lawyer who said, Jim, I had 18 cases of motorcycle deaths just in 2016. That's crazy. In San Jose, alone okay wow they're like two to three hundred per year and he had 16 of them okay i asked a question at these motorcycle shows they're, they're tiny shows 18 and and three people and usually this is so silly usually two very sexy women in tight dresses I don't mean somewhat attractive. I mean very sexy 9.5s, okay? So I go around and I don't ask questions about horsepower. I do fool them by asking about price. But I ask, where are these made? The answer is two countries, Japan and China. Yep. Uh, I ask questions again. Five years ago, were the Chinese selling many motorcycles here? No. The answer is always no. Three years ago, were the Chinese selling motorcycles here? Some. The answer is always some. Okay. So the point is electricity. The Japanese have an electricity shortage because their nuclear reactors in Fukushima all went down and started polluting the North Pacific and uh, not even get into that story of, of uh, erect ocean. Let's not even get there. But the Russians jump in. They wait for a few years. Fukushima was 2011. They wait a few years and they start cutting deals with Japan, Russia and Japan, for <clears throat> natural gas supply, for LNG national gas, natural gas supply. And, 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 and there's also talk of, of bridges and connection to Sakhalin Island and a lot of different things. 
Okay, it's all well and good, but every time I look for a story that, that relates to Asia and trade and commercial ties with Japan, it's almost always about energy, and it seems to be integrating slowly the Japanese with the Eurasian trade zone, which I call Japan flipping east. It, it sounds funny, but you take a look at, at what the major markets are for Japan. It's North America, it's South America, it's the Pacific Rim, it's Australia, and the Middle East, and it's Europe. It's not so much China until Hong Kong got turned over. When Hong Kong got turned over in 1999, something very big happened with Japan that has been difficult for them to adjust to. They did some outsourcing, not a little bit, to make things, to make the consumer uh, goods, to make home domestic electronics, to make cars. They did significant foreign direct investment inside China. One big piece to the Chinese industrialization is Japanese corporations. They're all over. They're hiring. They got, Jap they got Chinese uh, uh, workers. I wouldn't be surprised if they have Japanese executives and plant managers, etc. That's the way it works. Uh, the ones that own it, run it. The, the ones that work there are natives. Okay. As a result, Japan has had a little bit of currency stress uh, because they're importing Chinese currency goods. They're importing with cheaper cost structure. Japan is importing into Japan from China some of the output, but they're doing something else that's very good and beneficial to these Japanese conglomerates, the Koretsus. They're shipping to Europe, shipping to North America, shipping elsewhere, Pacific Rim, with Chinese-made Japanese marks, markings, brands. I call them marks because here in, 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 uh, in Spanish here, uh, the word for brand is marca. You know, if I put a big mark on your, your arm with a, a, a punch, that's a marca too. If I give you a knife wound, that's a marca too. But the, the Toyota brand is called a marca. Okay, so the markings, the brands uh, for Japanese exports are more and more made in China. Okay, Japanese brand look closely made in China. They probably have in very small letters. It's the motorcycles. So many of the, I, one question that I, I could not get answers from in these showrooms here in, in a mall is, uh, are these Japanese motorcycles made in Japan, um, made in China or made in Japan? And they say, oh, I don't know. So let's look at the label. And we, we couldn't tell. I, 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 I don't know how. I, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. I, I was befuddled. Maybe they don't put made in China on their mark, on their label. Okay, so <clears throat> my point is that we got a backfire again in the hidden foreign policy of Fukushima with the attack that very few Americans are aware of. Um, I don't want to get into the detail. There were, there were contract killings, a lot of them. There were fake offshore platforms, like 12 of them. The Bush crime family was involved with the, the kills. Uh, it's just sickening what's going on. But the backfire will be that Japan will work toward the Eurasian trade zone from the energy channel to fix their problem. 
And once they got the door open for the energy channel, you're going to see a lot more exports of Japanese cars and home electronics into Russia because they're going to join the Eurasian, Eurasian trade zone. Now, I don't see the name Eurasian trade zone. I hear the Eurasian Economic Union, and we do not need another EU. Um, it's gotten so weird now. The, the EU is the United States, but the EEUU is the European Union. Maybe the EEEUUU is going to be the Eurasian trade zone. I'm sick of it all. <laughs> I call it the Eurasian trade zone, ETZ. It's much simpler. It's going to be the, the, the Russian-China <clears throat> nucleus with the former Soviet republics extending into Eastern Europe, grabbing onto the BRICS nations and moving right along to capture Europe. Totally contrary to what George Orwell preached as Oceania ruling forever. We're seeing the last days, last years of Oceania, which is basically United States and England and all the maritime powers, all the naval powers using their export trade like with Hong Kong, which used to be a British colony their export trade with Australia and New Zealand, their export colony, prison colony, and the United States, Canada extension, whatever. Um, this is coming to an end uh, for a simple reason that the banker cabal did overreach and tried to create a global fascist state. That's what I call the overreach. When I get into weird discussions, difficult discussions, awkward discussions with American friends and family, it's often about the entire point of the fascist state. And I, I make questions in order to expose their, um, their ignorance. I make questions and say, well, if you don't understand that, how can you formulate an opinion? And one question I asked was, are you aware that in 2015, Vice President Biden spoke at the Air Force Academy commencement speech, commencement ceremony in Colorado and talked for half an hour about the new world order to applause from the crowd. And they said, no, I didn't know that. The, you don't know much about the new new world order. You don't know much about how it's being promoted. You don't know anything about how it's in the press. You don't know how it's being integrated step by step. You don't know about its trade zones called the Trans-Pacific Partnership and the Transatlantic Trade Partnership. You don't understand anything about the trade unions, anything about the policy, anything about the publicity, yet you say that it's not a factor. That's how I go about my conversation. And I usually get a comment. You're an arrogant asshole, Jim. You too. You get the same thing from your family as well. <laughs> <clears throat> We're in good company, Jim. We're in good company. Well, I don't mind being seen as arrogant as long as I try not to be. And I don't mind being seen as an asshole if I get my point across. Okay, I'm an asshole. In many private conversations, V, I'm an asshole. I point out ignorance. I put it right in their face. I put my nose six inches from their nose. And I say, you don't know a fucking thing about what's going on. Amen. 
Exactly. So I'm an asshole, okay? My mother used to call me my little charming rogue. You know, you, you chose the word rogue, and when I saw it, oh, gosh, my mom would love that. <clears throat> She's not around anymore. She's dearly departed, but I was her charming rogue, and I used to ask her, well, why, why, what's that all about? And she said, well, you're a rogue. You're, you're, you're a menace. You're a pain in the ass. And I said, okay, uh, maybe maybe so, but why, why a charming rogue? And she said, because you're charming. You use those little blue eyes of yours, and you smile, and you get away with anything. A good Irish mom. <laughs> yeah. well, thanks for the Your mom was Irish, right? Yeah, I said, thanks thanks for the eyes, Mom. My mother had beautiful (laughs) hazel eyes with little silver speckles. Five foot one. And uh, she was a little treasure. Not educated, but she was smart. She gave me some wisdom, V. I like to pass on, you know, just just base level wisdom once in a while. Because, you know, I I got a doctorate in, in statistics and... Some people think, oh, you're a bit of an egghead. I try not to be an egghead. I, I, I'm, a, I'm an athlete. I got, I lettered in soccer in high school. Uh, I'm not an egghead. I'm pretty well-rounded. I'm a pretty good carpenter. But uh, my mother gave me some advice, uh, and, and it was when I was in graduate school. This was the 70s, late 70s. I said, Mom, it, this, is, this is just awful. I, I've got a pile of 140, this is one of the examples that I I had with her directly. I have a pile of 140 assignments from an undergraduate, you know, college level uh, statistics class. It's an introductory statistics class. And I'm a TA, teaching assistant. And I get a, you know, a crummy little monthly stipend. It helps me with my food bills. It's so they don't have starvation among their graduate students. That's what that's what the stipend is all about. But in in return for the payment of a, a few hundred a month, I have to grade papers, and I got a stack of 140 of them. I'd rather watch college football, Mom. It's Saturday. I worked all week, and she said, "Well, sit down for lunch, shut your mouth, and just start." There's your pile. Just start. And I said. Okay, so a job begun is half done. Are you a, a proponent of that, Mom? And she said, yes, I am. Sometimes I've got a difficult job, like like fixing a tabletop. It's got lots of little, little scratches. And it's a big project. I know it's going to take me five hours. And I spend two days just looking at it. Start. Just start. And that's what I remember my mother saying. A job begun. So when I have a a nasty project, like I got to take 500 names and move them over from here to here, 10 at a time, just start. My dad used to say, Jim, every job has 10% scut. Any interesting, good, well-paying job has 10% scut work that you got to do. You know, I got wisdom from my educated dad phd in literature who's who literature resume 30 pages long (sighs) and i got wisdom from my mother my little mother just start so i would take the pile of 140 and say i'm going to do 10 of these i'm just going to get 10 done then i'm going to watch the second half of that good college football game with southern cal 
And before I know it, I had 40 done. And that night I finished it. It's done. The hard part was starting. The hard part is often starting. And I, I still find that to be the case with a number of uh, even important tasks. So, you know, it is what it is, you know. We're, we're, we're animals that have to deal with our own limitations and our, our own abilities. <clears throat> I still have to clean dust balls for my hallway, you know. I don't want to hire a maid. I'm not going to get a maid in here and suddenly things are missing because she's too poor at home. I've got friends who hire maids and they have things missing. And they keep hiring them. Well, one stopped. <laughs> one stopped because, oh gosh, I, I, I laced into this, this friend of mine because uh, we did something together and there was an important book with, uh, with paid receipts in it. And the maid didn't throw it away. The maid tucked it under some towels. Why do you put an important book with lots of factura, receipts in them and other things and other notes, why do you put it under towels? I said, fire that lady. She said, oh, I did, I did. Anything missing? And she said, no, not that I know of. Well, I know someone else who had something missing, some jewelry. Oh, I mean, I don't hire me. I do my own dust balls. Right. I drag my foot, my slipper, from one corner to the other corner, and then back, and then put it in the wastebasket. And of course, my slipper is a little bit messed up, but so be it. It's only a slipper. I don't care. Or you can do what I did, man. Just get one of those Roombas, those automatic vacuum cleaners, and they just uh, do the whole work yourself. It's, it's a life I'm looking for a dust buster. I've been looking for years. They don't export them from the U.S. I used to have a dust buster when I was living in Boston. You know, a little little thing handheld. Yeah. Uh, you charge it up, and it, it's good for like 20 minutes of sucking stuff. And, and then you empty it up, and it's all, it's all hair and junk, a uh, little junk. I, I can't find one. But that's okay. That's okay. I do my own dishes. I, I got rid of my own microwave. I, I don't do microwave. I, I have three straight years now, no microwave. So I'm, I'm happy about that. I'll tell you my bane. My bane is uh, chocolate. Um, I, I hear that it improves memory, <laughs> which, is, which is good. But, you know, it's still sugar in it. I don't. Anyway. <laughs> hey, look, uh, there's something I got on a note here that let me just add. Uh, yeah, go for it. Out, out of context on Nord Stream, uh, the United States has threatened to, to sanction the German companies. Are they going to sanction British Rolls Royce too? Because they make turbines for Nord Stream too. <laughs> I, I, I doubt that they would do that. <laughs> you know what's also amazing in this whole entire thing? Have you, have you seen what Erdogan uh, of Turkey? Uh, he's he's asking to be let into BRICS membership now. That would be quite interesting. Uh, are you aware of my forecast from way back that the BRICS Development Bank, BRICS Development Fund, whatever they call it, I think it's Bank, NDB, uh, it might someday become a conversion office for U.S. Treasury, U.K. gilt, Euro bond and Japanese government bond conversion to gold. If that is the case, and they, they've set up a BRICS gold market. Uh, they've set that up. Uh, I said two months ago when they set up the BRICS gold 
market. Uh, I don't remember the formal name. It's a, it's gold, it's bricks, and it's not market, it's not arena. I, I don't remember the name. Office, platform, platform. The bricks gold platform, when they set it up, I put in my May or June newsletter, all it has missing is a Turkish gold provision. Yep. So if Turkey comes in, I think it will be following Kremlin Putin marching orders. You are to be the conduit for the BRICS nations and the BRICS alliance. We haven't heard much about the BRICS alliance, but uh, there are 115 nations that subscribe to the objectives of the BRICS movement. In other words, they'll follow the lead. Now, I'm thinking that the NDB, the new development bank for the BRICS, is going to be the conversion office for sovereign bonds to gold bullion. And maybe not just for BRICS nations, maybe for 115 BRICS alliance nations that include a very big cross-section of Eurasian trade zone members. <clears throat> We're starting to see nations like Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan and, and like Soviet republics. We're starting to see news items, V, where they're going to be supplying gold bullion within the Eurasian trade zone. Uh, they, they've been up to now saying it's just for domestic consumption, like for savers in Kazakhstan. But later it might be for export to Bulgaria and Hungary in the form of small bars and coins. There might be a Kazakh minted gold coin. It might be one tenth of an ounce. We don't know. We don't have the details. But the whole gold story in the Eurasian trade zone is starting to get real interesting. I'm following Japan and Germany because those are the two vassal states. Vassal is a nice word for slave. Uh, the two vassal states for Washington are breaking away. And it's a sign of the times that the banker cabal is losing its grip. I think they've lost a great deal of their middle level enforcers and, and executives and, and, you know, players. People will get things done, follow the orders. They're losing a lot of them. And it'll be a great day when Oceania is subservient and disbanded. A great day because they have promoted fascism for a long time. Here's a, just a funny little fact. Why is it that the United States opposed communism all through Latin America and made good friends with fascist regimes? Why is that? Because we're run by Nazis. Because the U.S. was fascist. Correct. Proclaiming to be a two-party system when slowly but surely the fascist ex-Nazis were running Langley. There's some new pictures out with George Bush as a young man with Gorman and Mengele. New photos out. <clears throat> or should I call him George Scherf? Hmm. Wow. I'll call him George Shrubs, if you'd like. <laughs> you know, <laughs> their business background is so bad. Their history is so bad. They, they, they were unsuccessful. The Bushes were unsuccessful in the oil industry. 
unsuccessful as independent oil contractors. And George Bush Jr., I call him Jr., you know, the guy, President, baby Bush, the president, he had a company called Arbusto. Arbusto is, that. yeah, it's, it's Spanish for Bush. And, and Arbusto was a failure also. They, they're just a nation of, I mean, they're, they're a family of screw-ups. Here, here's a tough question for you as we're, you know, coming close to an end here. My gosh, I got, I got like an hour 40 here. Um, do you think Barbara Bush faked her death? That's a good question. I, I'm not sure. What, what, what's your take? Uh, I, I would say that, the, that Aleister Crowley's daughter is dead. I say 50-50. I think she was being hunted and might have faced a sealed indictment. Or, or her three primary captains might have all been captured, killed, or put under indictment. And she sensed, they're coming for me next. I got to vanish. And I don't mind living out my years in Paraguay. I say 50-50, V. Well, let me ask you this. What's the significance of Barbara Bush, apart from the fact that she is Aleister Crowley's daughter? What else was she involved with? My best sources say she ran the books and she ran some strategic project planning for the Bush crime family. She was a general. She was a top executive for the Bush crime family. Look, look at it this way. Just change your perspective. Papa Bush and baby Bush are two of the biggest imbeciles who ever descended upon Washington. Do you really think Papa Bush could run a giant crime family? No. Barbara was smart. She could. So what I'm hearing this is not just from one or two. And I don't want to mention which ones of my colleagues are involved in this, in, in, in confirming this. But more than one has said to me, oh, Jim, the brains behind the Bush crime family, the planning, the accounting, all the methods for accounting, all the influence peddling, all the bribery of national officials, all the purchases of national banking system, all the connections with the narco movement. It's all Barbara Bush. Wow. So I'm thinking she's still running things, age 93 or something, in Paraguay, where the Bushes doubled their purchase. It's not just 500,000 acres. It's now a million acres. That's right. So why would they do a big expansion? Could it be another getaway for the Western cabal? Whereas 70 years ago, it was a getaway for the German Nazis. It's all one big extended happy family. I think 50-50 Barbers in Paraguay. Very interesting. I don't know. And really, I don't care. But I raise it up as just an interesting point to close on. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Jim, that is a chock full of information that you laid out for us, my man. A chock full of information. Um, your closing comments. I mean, my God, I mean, you gave us so much. My closing comments are simple. Continue praying for me because my little troubles are not over. Mm. 
they seem to be coming to an end. But uh, that exploded septic tank, which I'm sure Satan loved, it caused me a lot of damage, a lot of pain, a lot of emotional cost and some tears. Okay, and it only recently ended. It has had three chapters. It's very difficult to close out failed investments here. Very, very difficult. Yeah. There's, there's, I don't want to get into that. Anyway, continue praying for me. And, and I, I, I can honestly say this, V. I'm not exaggerating. I, I've done some daily counting. I've done some weekly counting, not many. But I've gotten... I've gotten close to a thousand emails. It's well over 700. Well-wishing emails. It got so dense that I added a contact us category of personal support, emotional, spiritual. Wow. And I get two to three dozen a day, and I was. And now I think it's a little bit less. But I'm not making this up. In late June... It was like 30, 40, 50 a day. And I, I want to thank everybody. I got one kind of a snide comment from a client of mine in England saying you didn't respond to my well-wishing email a couple of weeks ago, but here you are responding to a failed billing obstacle from a bank. Okay, so I wrote her back and I said, I'm sorry, I been, I was getting like 50, 60 a day and now it's like 15 to 20. And, and now I'd say this week, this week it's, it's, probably, it's probably about eight or 10 a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't answer them all. So I explained myself, apologized, and I haven't heard back from her. Okay, did I lose a client from a bank obstacle on renewal payment? Because I didn't respond to her well-wishing spiritual support as a Christian. Well, that's not a very Christian attitude. Sorry, lady. <clears throat> I hope you're listening to this. I'm doing my best. i got to do research all the time. I'm in phone conversations often. I do interviews. I do public articles. I'm, I'm reading. I've got a couple of new angles that I'm, I'm working right now. And uh, they're taking time. I'm a one-man band, V. Yeah. Um, that's my closing comment. I'm, I'm doing the best that I can. I, I hope it's good enough. I'm told that it's, it's very fine. And, you know, I'm just trucking along. And, and I, I get some inspirational lifts when I see things like Lady Bronfman <laughs> doing a perp walk. I get a shockwave when I read Tom Hanks and Robert De Niro getting in trouble. Um, I'm well aware that Hugh Hefner was murdered. Playboy. Yes. He had way too much on tape. Sex and drugs from important people, actors, etc. He had a library. And I think he did not use it for blackmail. I think he was seen by Langley as a security risk, so they took him out. And you know when what was his age? Like eighty six? I don't. I'm guessing. I yeah, something like that. <clears throat> something like that. Okay, so it's pretty easy to sell the story to to Joe Sixpack and and uh, the morons in the American crowd. 
a lot of whom we know and talk to, very easy to sell the story. Well, he died of old age. He had a heart problem. I don't think he did. He had way too many tapes. Why on earth would he have any tapes? You tape, you, you photograph, you record dangerous people, just count your months and you're dead. It's so simple. Right. The voice gave me some outstanding advice uh, a few years ago. He said, don't stick around for those dangerous topics. Mention mm-hmm. them, cite a fact, and move on. And yeah. don't study them. And don't have a, <clears throat> a trail online that's, that's viewable from security agencies where you're doing research on dangerous things. Leave it alone. I've told, <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> I've told <clears throat> on the order of 50 people this year alone, don't send me stuff like this. Although it's interesting, although it's important, I do not wish for it to be on my desk and in my email. You have no idea the risk that's involved. Just leave it alone. Let someone else, let someone else testify against Hillary. That's what I say, that I'm not going to testify against Hillary. I think Hillary is going to be taken out by her own to buy time and not much time. Absolutely. I thought they actually had something on Obama a year ago with Lady Michelle in the, in the, oh gosh, San Croix, C-R-O-I-X, Saint, Saint, Santa Cruz in Spanish, Saint, Saint Croix in, in French, in the Caribbean, loaded with uh, a couple tons of cocaine. I thought they really had Obama for that, but no, he got away. He hid in Tahiti for a month until enough people were bought off or threatened. I thought they had him. I really think they, I thought they had him. I was disappointed that it went away. Maybe they got it for other purposes. Maybe he flipped. Maybe he's flipping on some of these characters in the cabal and they don't even know it's Obama doing it. I mean, we got so many weird angles working right now. It is unbelievable. And I try to cover, you know, I stick to finance and economics in the hat trick letter, but you know, when it comes to the things like, you know, narco trafficking, I do mention that the wall street banks are deriving like that 10, 15% cuts and it's keeping them alive. It's keeping the wall, narcotics traffic is keeping the Wall Street banks alive. And I'm not alone in this. So says the United Nations Drug Task Force in two separate studies separated by three or four years. Okay, I do mention narco trafficking as the source for bribery in, in mid-level and small nations to stay in line with the dollar system. And, and don't move on. Don't, you know, open Chinese banks. <laughs> we got one Chinese bank in Costa Rica, just one. Every year, the Bank of China is turned down for a license. Every single year. And boy, did that, does that piss off the Chinese here. We got thousands of Chinese here. Yeah, oh yeah. And yeah. I, I, I watch them and I watch to see what they do. 
I watch to see what shops they go in. They're, they're like they're like you and me. They, they go into clothing shops. They go into you know a little home electronic shops. They go to the food court. They grab a meal, and occasionally I'll see five or six of them with a, young kids, punked out. I mean, like wearing black and chains and big boots, and and green hair. <laughs> I, I just. <laughs> I try. I don't watch what they do. I try to stand next to them to listen to them. Right. I find a reason to stand within earshot, and I listen. They're speaking Chinese, no English at all, and no Spanish at all. Okay. Are they integrating? I don't know. I have one. Is not exactly a buddy, but I talk to him once in a while. He owns a pair of fruit shops mm-hmm. in a mall. I mean, like you want to get a you know a smoothie. Okay, pick your three fruits, fine. You want yogurt with that, fine. You want Splenda with that? And I try to explain them, Splenda is poison. I say, it's not just bad, it's poison. They say, okay, but it's legal. I say, okay, fine, poison your clients. Anyway, there's a Taiwanese Chinese guy. And yeah, I realize Taiwan is not China, but you know, oh gosh, it's, it's a mix. There's a lot of Chinese here. There are quite a few Taiwanese. There's a Taiwanese a chamber of commerce here where on the front it says number one income per capita in the world that's our taiwan and it's written in spanish so they boast well this guy's from taiwan he owns two stores they're both fruit related ones you know i i go to buy a say a a small bowl of chopped up fruit i pick my three pineapple papaya and and strawberries sometimes and Mm -hmm. who knows what else and and the guy owns both and i asked him in spanish where'd you learn spanish he said oh in in taiwan in a school i said how many months of training did you have for spanish before you came here four months muy intensivo (laughs) and and the spanish is good and i said you have no trouble understanding the fast spanish from these kids who are working for you oh no no none when they use slang i have problems and the word for slang in Spanish is pachuco. Cuando hablan en pachuco, tengo problemas. Okay, that's fine. And I say, you, you're doing well here with the two? He said, oh, yeah, 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 I'm doing well. I said, uh, do you expand? Do you expand the product line? He said, oh, a little bit. You know, I, I make, I buy a new machine and do this. And he, look, look at that machine there. That, that's new. It's very good, very good. In his Spanish. It's, I said, do you speak any English? None. Nada. Okay, so you're Spanish and Chinese. Do you speak any other language? No. He said, I speak a little bit of the of the other uh, Cantonese. I speak a little Cantonese. I said, okay. So there are two languages in China, Mandarin and, and, and Cantonese. And if you're wondering, oh gosh, what's that all about? Well, it's not a simple division. Hong Kong is Cantonese. China is Mandarin. And here's an example. The word... Oh, Peking. When I was a kid mm-hmm. in China, the capital was Peking. But gosh, 20 years ago, they changed it to Beijing. Peking was Cantonese. Beijing is Mandarin. They're not the same. It, 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 I asked one really sharp Chinese guy who I met. I didn't have a long conversation with him. I said, is it fair to say that Mandarin and Cantonese are two Chinese languages kind of like Spanish and Portuguese? And he said, they're a little more similar 
than Spanish and Portuguese are. He said it's usually just a, a shifting of the letters, like like as you said, Jim, Peking and Beijing. Okay, P and B. Okay, fine. J and K, but they have the ing at the end, so it, it, it doesn't. It's not a big change. Now you look at Spanish; they got A D O at the end, and I D O at the end to make past part past participles, like Jamar is to call. Jamado is called. Okay, they use A D O, but in in uh, in 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 Portuguese they use A O. It's out. It's out at the end of everything. They just get rid of that D. It's kind of funny because in Spanish they don't pronounce the D much at all. I say jamada, but my friends say jamada. I say jamada or nada, and they say nada. Okay, they, they <laughs> kind of they barely touch that D, and that's considered good Spanish. Okay, fine, fine. I don't speak really good Spanish. I speak you know decent. I'm, I'm, I'm I. When they ask me to hablas español, I say, ah, me defiendo. I defend myself. Me defiendo. Uh, I'm not fluent. And people say, well, it's great you're fluent. No, I'm not fluent. I get by. I'm doing okay. I can speak pretty well. I can read pretty well. But for listening, I'm no better than 50, 60, 70% fluent for listening. Yeah. It's very hard. Definitely. Jim. Great time, man. We had a great time with you today. Uh, over two hours of chock full of amazing information. Folks, listen, here's the deal. Jim is a prolific, prolific thinker. I recommend every single one of you get over to the goldenjackass.com. Subscribe to the Hat Trick Letter, folks. We here at Rogue News are big fans of the Hat Trick Letter, as well as um, all the other writings and works that Jim Williams does. Uh, so if you want to get your fix on the daily, uh, ba basically on the on the play-by-play -play of what's going on, get over to the goldenjackass.com, sign up for the hat trick letter, and make it happen for yourself. And uh, with that being said, thank you all for listening. Dr. Jim Willie, thank you so much for being on with us. It's always a delight, and it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much, sir. Oh, it's a pleasure being on, and uh, sorry for being a bit long-winded, but uh, I hope it's okay. No, I, I love it, man. It's it, it's it's uh it's very nostalgic. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's interesting. Uh, you have a great knack with it. You really do. And I, you know, you're one of the few guests that I just let them run, and you got you, you just you just go with it. I love it. <laughs> wouldn't change a thing, Jim. I really wouldn't. Well, that's good. I'm glad you don't edit things out. And uh, you know, we're in dangerous times, V. These are very vain, dangerous times. I'm I'm concerned about a lot of things. I don't want to get into detail at, at the very end here, but I'm concerned about a lot of things, security and movements and, and uh, you know, income sources, you know, just a lot of things. I'm concerned. Pe people are not going to get by. People are not going to make it through this. Some yeah. people are not going to make it through this. No, absolutely. I agree with that. Jim, thank you so much for being on. And with that being said, take it away, CJ.